So uh, today's message is called, Are You Ready? Are you guys ready? Say to the person next to you, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go ahead and uh, prepare ourselves in prayer and actually get ready. Father God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for this special family Sunday. I thank you for my family that you've brought here. God, each and every person that you've brought here for your glory, God. And we ask that your word would touch our hearts and our minds, that you would be here in this place, that you would impact us in ways that we could not even think or imagine. God, I praise you. Like Jody said, we're here for your glory alone. And we want to give you glory through our worship, through this word, and through this message. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So the sermon series is called From the Heart. Uh, Last week I shared about God building his church on the rock. And today I want to share a word that God gave me through kind of a difficult time in my life. Um, This last year, COVID has been a big issue. um, And people were really afraid. They were fearful of the virus. They were fearful of the military that had come in and kind of occupied our area. Uh, They were afraid of hospitals, especially they were afraid of getting sick. And I had gone, I was going into this uh, area, kind of a squatter slum area, and doing a a Bible study. And in this area, they have this river. And it's not like the rivers here, clean snow water coming down from the mountain, refreshing and Uh, No, it's like uh, sewer water. All the drainage goes into this river, and it it stinks, and it's dirty, and it's gross. If you're a mission team, you've been to the Philippines, you know what I'm talking about. You've smelled it. You've been there. You know. And I was doing this Bible study at this house, and I was sharing the gospel. I was telling them about, about Jesus. I was reading the word with them. And this house is right next to the river. Like literally, you step out of the door, like maybe three feet, there's the river. And when the tide comes up, the river like goes up to the doorstep. And so I'm there sharing the word of God, sharing, you know, my heart, the, the gospel message for them. And there's this sweet old Filipino lady. And she's so sweet. She comes and she hands me a cup of coffee. And she, man, I love her. She just had such a great heart. And there's this rule, kind of an unspoken rule. If you're part of, you've been there, you know, I tell you, don't eat or drink anything that they give you in these places. So I'm just holding the coffee. I accepted. Thank you so much. And I'm holding the coffee while I'm talking. I'm hoping she doesn't notice that I'm not drinking the coffee. But the whole time, she's just staring at me and staring at the cup. like, And she's deflated. She's, she feels rejected. And finally, after like 30 minutes, she's like, do you not like the coffee that I gave you? I was like, no, it's so sweet. I love the coffee. But you're not drinking it. And I'm like, okay. So I took a sip of coffee. And immediately I knew, like, it's, like, lukewarm. It wasn't hot. It was, like, kind of room temperature. 
And I look out at the river, and I look at my cup, and I realize she hadn't boiled the water for the coffee, but here I am drinking the coffee. And once I drank it, I'm like, I'm all in at this point. Just, you know, <laughs> ride or die here. And so I drink the coffee. Uh, I'm t- teaching them about God. You know, one of the family members accepted Jesus that day. And I go home, and, you know, I'm super happy. And then a couple days later, I'm not so happy. Not happy at all. I got a fever. It was uh, like 106, 107 for days. I was hallucinating. Uh, I couldn't eat anything. I was vomiting. Um, my stomach got bloated and super hard. And if you know from last week, we had a clinic set up at the church. And so they're giving me IVs there and medicines as much as they could. But nothing is helping. Nothing's helping at all. And it gets to the point where I'm like, this is it. This is it. And I'm like in and out of consciousness. I'm delirious. And they, they took me to the hospital, uh, which was very scary at the time because going to the hospital is a really big deal. If they find out or even suspect or do a test that you have COVID, they're going to come to the church and like military guards lock it down and then they're going to go to every church member's house do the same thing military guards posted at their door and then they're going to post the name of the church like don't ever go here uh and these are all the people that were positive of covid so going to the hospital was such a big deal and i didn't want to do it but eventually i was so weak i couldn't even stop them from taking me to the hospital I wasn't even conscious for a big part of it. But through it all, God was speaking to me, and I was preparing my heart, and he was asking me, are you ready? Are you ready to meet me? And obviously, I'm here today, so God, you know, didn't take me. But um, I was preparing my heart. I was being ready to meet Jesus. And Jesus spoke to me, and I feel like it's not just for me. I want to share this with you. And I want to ask you today, are you ready? Are you ready to meet Jesus? And there's only two ways to meet Jesus. Either you go meet him, or he is coming to meet all of us. One of those things is going to happen. None of us can escape that. That is the destiny of every man, to meet Jesus. And I was preparing my heart to meet Jesus that day. And then as I was recovering in the hospital, which took a few weeks, it was a a pretty long recovery, and I was pretty isolated. Um, And so I had time to read the Word of God, and I was reading in Matthew 24, And he's talking about this, getting ourselves ready. And so I want to share that with you. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. We're going to be in chapter 24 the whole morning. So if you have your Bibles or if you're at home, you're watching online, we love you online. If you're in the Philippines, shout out to you guys for being up at 2 a.m. and watching us. Um, I want you to open your Bibles or we have it on the screen. Matthew 24, we're going to start in verse 1. And we're going to learn how to get ready. 
how to prepare our hearts and minds to be ready to meet Jesus. And the first thing Jesus says, I'm going to paraphrase, don't get comfortable with what you have. Don't get comfortable with what you have. In Matthew 24, verse 1 to 2, it starts this way. It says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked? Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. And I'm picturing it, you know, the, the disciples were pretty simple people, and they're in Jerusalem, and the temple is like the coolest thing around, right? And they're amazed. They're like, wow, look at this. Wow, look at that. This is so cool. This is so awesome. Have you ever been to a building that you're just like amazed by? Maybe you're a traveler and you go to a cathedral or maybe uh, you just witness something amazing uh, that is in our world. I think there's some pretty amazing things in the world today. You know, maybe not so much in the Philippines. In the Philippines, I took this girl, Joanna, uh, and she's from one of the slum areas. And we went to the supermarket. And the supermarket has an escalator. And she stood at the escalator. I'll never forget it. Just like looking up in amazement that the stairs moved. And she stood there for like five minutes. She didn't know what to do with it. What do I do with an escalator? And I'm like, watch. You get on and you go up. And so the whole time we're shopping, Joanna, she's like this little 10-year-old girl, is going up and down the escalator, up and down. And she did it the whole time. Like we were there for an hour and a half and all she did was go up and down the escalator. And of course, we're not going to stop her. Like this is the most amazing thing she's ever seen is an escalator. And then I come here and I'm, I feel like Joanna because I'm like, you have self-driving cars. And I'm just looking. Nobody is driving that. And I went to lunch with Ira and we were inside the Mexican restaurant and he takes out his key. He started his car from the key fob. I was like, what? What is this? Like, amazing stuff. And I watched a video, like Elon Musk is shooting rockets up into the air. And then they do this like flip thing. And then they land. And I'm like, we're in a sci-fi movie. You know, this world has cool stuff. Amazing stuff. And it's so easy to be like Joanna or so easy to be like the disciples at the temple. And you're just amazed by the stuff. You're just enthralled by your gadget, your cell phone, your car, your TV, your house, or some amazing building that we've made. And then you meet Jesus. And he's like, you know, all this stuff, it's going to be gone. This stuff is nothing. You think your rocket's cool, but it's, it's not going to be here. When you meet me or I meet you, this stuff is nothing. Your iPhone 12 Pro Max is like not going to be there. All the things that you marvel at won't be anything compared to the moment you meet Jesus. You know, the Bible says that we can't even imagine or think of the things that he has for us. 
like all the cool stuff that you see in this world, it's nothing. And Jesus is telling his disciples, like, you're looking at these buildings as if they're cool, and you're standing with me. You should be marveling at me, but you're focused on the buildings. And I tell you, not even one stone will be left on another because the things of this world will fade away. Are you ready? Are you ready for that? Are you ready to not get comfortable with what you have? This world, I think, will make you comfortable. You want to be comfortable, but Jesus is saying, no, get ready. Don't get comfortable. Get ready. Amen? Amen. Number two thing he says is, beware of lies and deception. Verse four, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. I think this world is more confusing than it has ever been. I feel bad for our young people because it's so hard to know what's up, what's down, what's right, what's wrong, what's left, what's right, my truth, your truth, their truth, this truth, my identity, your identity. We don't even know who we are anymore right? It is so confusing, and there's so much lies and deception, and there's so much, like, false gospel out there. And they don't even call it the gospel, but that's what it is. It is a false teaching of this world, and it is so confusing. And Jesus says, if you want to be ready to meet me, watch out that you don't fall into the lies, right? Watch out that we don't fall into the deception, because it's there. And many will come in my name, and many will claim to be the Messiah. You know, we actually have a guy in the Philippines whose name is Kibaloi. He claims to be the resurrected Jesus. Like literally, straight up, hey guys, I'm Jesus. I'm the new one. And he's got millions of followers in the Philippines. They believe it. And he lives in this huge white mansion. Like it's, it looks like the U.S. Capitol, only bigger. And he's got like servants and servants and servants, and he's got private jets, and he's got all these people serving me, him. And he's like, I'm Jesus. And he comes to California. He's got churches in California, and they believe him. Well, California, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm teasing. I love California. I love you guys. It's only a joke. Um, but he's got churches in California, and he's, he brings money back and forth. He's gotten in trouble for that. And I'm like, you're Jesus. You don't look anything like Jesus. And you don't live anything like Jesus, but people believe it. And you know what? You don't need to claim to be Jesus to present a false Messiah. There's a lot of people that have presented a false hope, a false gospel, a false truth. And it's so hard for... Guys, pray for our kids, please. You know, the kids that are sitting in this room, pray for them. They need it. Because they're going to grow up in this world. Please pray for them. And beware. Teach them to hold to the truth and not fall into lies and deception. Teach your kids 
to be ready. Amen? If there's a kid next to you, just look at him and say, be ready. Be ready. Number three, be ready for turmoil. Verse 6 to 8 says this, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. It's, you know what I get out of this? These things must happen. You look at Afghanistan, and I think, must happen. I don't like it. We don't like it. We don't like to see Christians being persecuted and put to death. We don't like that these things are going on in our world. But Jesus says, don't be surprised by it. Be ready for it. It's going to happen. Be ready. Wars, earthquakes, famine, COVID. These things must happen. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a flood in the Philippines. And, you know, we just got one natural disaster after another. We had a volcano eruption. We had a 7.5 earthquake last month. We've had, you know, just so many things. And I'm, I'm bailing water out of my house. Everybody else evacuated. I'm just sitting there bailing water. And I did it for like two days straight. And I didn't always have a good attitude about it. I was like Jody this morning. Like, I want to complain. And this verse keeps coming up, kept coming up in my mind. It must happen. So I'm big buckets, you know, five-gallon buckets of water. I'm just bailing them out and taking them out to the street and pouring them out. And I'm just thinking, it must happen. It must happen. But then I, at the same time, I'm, I'm trying to give myself hope. I'm like, we're going to be up at the orphanage. It's not going to happen next year. <laughs> you know, we'll be up there. No more floods because God's provided for us. But these things... We have to be ready for it. We shouldn't be surprised that the world is going in the wrong direction. And you know what? If you're like me, I, I felt a shift this year. Did you guys feel something like shifted? It kind of, the world changed. Like we woke up one day and it just changed a little bit and started going in a different direction. And you could live in fear you could live in uh, worry, or you could be ready, and you could not be surprised by it, because these things are the beginning of the time when Jesus comes and meets us. And if not, you're going to meet him. But be ready for turmoil. You know, it's something we should all be ready for. Don't be surprised by it. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. It's one of a promise. You will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. And we can do it. If we're ready for him and we're looking to the hope, you can, you can go through almost anything if you're ready to meet Jesus. Number four, be ready for persecution. Verse 9 to 11 says this, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. 
and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Part of being ready is being ready for persecution. I remember when I first went to the Philippines and I started sharing the gospel and I started uh, the first church plant and we were in an area called Lamau and we were there and I experienced my very first persecution. I mean, I grew up in Utah and I grew up in, in this kind of bubble and I didn't know that the real world hated Christians and then I start sharing Jesus and people start coming to Jesus and we start our first church plant and all of a sudden I go out and somebody hands me a little printed pamphlet and the corrupt Catholic church in that area had told everybody and advertised, it said, don't go to Pastor Kevin's church or you will get sick and die. I was like, What? And all of a sudden, like, I'm, I'm sharing gospel, the gospel, and I would walk down the street, and people would, like, it was like the Red Sea parted, you know? It's like, avoid him, you'll get sick and die. And I was like, wow, I must be doing something really right, you know? It was like, I read this, let's do it. And that motivated me more. It was like, yeah. I'm making a difference, so much of a difference that they're making letters about me. And it wasn't about me, it was about Jesus, and it was about the gospel and the gospel message, but just being a partner with God in that and experiencing that persecution, honestly, it was great. It was amazing. And we need to be ready for that. You know why? Because it is becoming hard to be a Christian here. It's not cool anymore. It's not acceptable anymore. It used to be like, oh, those are just the Christians. Now, it's like, you're dumb. You're uneducated. You don't really know anything. If you knew anything, you wouldn't believe the Bible. If you knew anything, you wouldn't believe in God. You just go live in your faith. And it's more than that now. Now, you are dangerous. Now, you are a threat. Now, you're a terrorist if you speak the truth. And we don't try and cause problems, right? We're not trying to go and judge people. We're trying to love people. We're trying to share the love of God and the hope of the future with Jesus Christ with people. But that's a threat. And for young people here, it's not okay to be a Christian anymore. You go into the workplace. Oh, you're a Christian? Hmm. I guess you don't know anything. Or maybe they criticize the God of the Bible. If the God of the Bible was loving, well, what about this? What about that? What about that? Why is there evil things in the world? Why are there bad things happening? They don't like us anymore. And that's good. That's such a good thing. Because we are preparing for the end. These things must happen. It's part of God's return. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get ready. Because it's happening. Somebody asked me, oh, what do you think about the United States? It doesn't matter what I think about the United States. I think God's kingdom is coming. Amen? Amen.
I think we need to start identifying as believers before nationality, before race, before gender, before anything else, before age. You know, the Bible says that there's no male or female or Jew or Gentile. There's just us in Jesus. That's it. It doesn't matter about America. What matters is, are you ready for Jesus' return? Or are you ready to meet him? One of those two is going to happen. Number five, be ready for Jesus. Verse 30 to 31 says this, Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. He's going to come. Are you ready to see Jesus come in power? I, I think about that moment. I'm just like, you know, for me, it's super exciting. For me, I get, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know what's going to happen, but Jesus coming on the clouds and the whole earth seeing him, like it's not going to be subtle, people. Like this is going to be a thing. We're not going to miss it. Let's just put it that way, you know? It's not like, oh, I wonder if he came and I was in the bathroom or something, you know? No, this is going to be like the thing. And it says the whole world will mourn because they're going to look and they're going to be like, uh-oh, I missed it. You know, I, I missed the boat. Man, it's, it's going to be an amazing moment. And I don't know if we're going to be here when that happens, but it doesn't matter, you know, because we're going to meet him. We're going to have that experience, whether he comes or we go. Like I had a pastor friend um, in the Philippines. Jody knows him. He's an amazing man of God. Uh, he, he's one of my mentors other than the pastors here. And he's this little dude. He's like not even four. Like I think he was like four feet. No joke. Like your kids are bigger than him. And he weighed maybe 50 pounds. <laughs> and he's, he's bald. And he's so, like, grandpa all the way. You know, have you met those people that are just grandpa all the way? And he was driving on the freeway. And he's driving his van. And all of a sudden, like, have you guys seen a water buffalo? Like this giant, we call him Carabao, water buffalo, came out of the middle of nowhere and, and hit him, and he died. And we joke about it because it was like, you know, special guy, special death. How many people in the world get to be killed by a water buffalo? And it's like, God really wanted him. You know, you know God was like, you're mine now. It's time. You're driving. I'm going to send a water buffalo. That's it. Like, he died on the spot. You know, it was there. And the water buffalo died too, so they both got to go to heaven together. Uh, you know, they say, you know, you think about the Old Testament chariots of fire going up into heaven, and I think about this little dude riding a, a water buffalo. Uh, you know, 
And the, the point is this, like, are you ready for that moment when you meet Jesus? Are you ready for that? Because it's going to happen. And if your heart is not ready, get ready. Like me in the hospital preparing myself to meet Jesus. Like it could happen in a moment. It could be any day, any time. In fact, the next point is don't get complacent. Verse 36 to 40 says, But about that day or hour nobody knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. They knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. And I'm just thinking, how many days do we just go throughout our day as if it's nothing? You know, oh, I wake up, eat my toast, drink my coffee, go to work. You know, maybe I go to the gym, hang out at a movie, hang out with friends. Well, I don't go to the gym, obviously. But some of you do. Like, I go here, I'm like, there's some pretty fit people in this church. But what I mean is, like, you just go about things normally as if nothing was happening. It's just another day. And there's so many just another days until there isn't any more. Until one day is your last day. And you don't know which day is your last day. None of us knows. Whether we go drive out of this parking lot and God's like, I want you. Or he comes and he says, I want all of you. One day is going to be our last day. And he, the, Jesus says it's going to be like the days of Noah. Like any other day. We think maybe we're going to have some advanced warning or some like warning system, but it's not there. You're going to be cooking dinner, hanging out with your friends, doing whatever it is you do, and that's going to be it. Are you ready for that? And I, I want to encourage us, don't get complacent with your everyday routine. Think about your days. Is today the day I get to meet Jesus? Is today my day? I'll tell you, it changes the way you think about life. It changes the way you go about your days when you think, I'm ready to meet Jesus today. You know, like, like I was in the hospitals, okay, I'm ready to meet Jesus today. Are you ready today to meet Jesus? Because nobody knows which day it will be. But it's going to be a good day. It's going to be the best day you've ever known. It's not a day to be fearful about if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. This is the pinnacle of your, your life. You won't ever experience anything better. Verse 46 to 51 says this, It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. 
But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day which he does not expect him and an hour which he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I don't want you to be discouraged by that. You guys are believers. But I do want you to take heed, like Jesus said. We want to be the servants that are doing the master's will when he returns. We want to be the servant who God looks at and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. That, that's the one in the story we, we want to be. In fact, for me, I'm just going to be honest, my whole life, everything that I do, every moment of trial and struggle and victory and, and everything in between, this is what I live for. I live for the moment when I meet Jesus. And I cannot wait, I hope, beyond hope, that he looks at me and says, well done. I cannot wait for the moment when I get the crown of life and I get to throw it at his feet and say, no, it's all you. You did it all. I can't wait for the moment when he gives me the, the white stone of the one who, who continued until the end with his name on it. I can't wait till he writes his name on me and sets me as a pillar in his house and said, that's the one I'm proud of. That's what I live for. That's it. That is the defining moment of my entire life right there, the moment I meet him and he says, well done. And you know what? I never want to be that other guy in the story. We're not even going to, we're going to not going to talk about him. Because I, I pray to God none of us will be the one who's not ready. I want us as a church. I want me as a person to be ready to meet Jesus. I want that moment more than anything in my life. I just want to bow before him and him in all of his glory, you know, the name above all names, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, all of it. I just want to bow before him. Well done. Well done. And you know, like a bride prepares for her groom, you know, the makeup, the hair, the dress, like young people, you know, <laughs> getting all dolled up, ready. We have to prepare ourselves to, to meet our Lord and Savior. Sometimes that means forgiving somebody that we've had bitterness in our heart towards. Sometimes that means letting go of a worldly thing that we've elevated above God. Sometimes it means just changing our perspective to having an, an eternal perspective. But are you ready? Are you ready? Say to the person next to you, are you ready? Let's all just stand up. Let's pray. And let's get ready. Let's prepare our hearts to meet our Lord. Father God, I thank you so much for today, God. 
We glorify you in all things. You are the name above all names. You are the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and we worship you today. We worship you in spirit and truth, and we offer ourselves as living sacrifices for you. God, we thank you that you have saved us, that you saved me, that you saved me from myself. You saved me from the lies and the deception. You saved me from my evilness. God, and you have brought me into your kingdom. God, I know I don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. But while we were your enemies, you died for us. You reached out and you rescued us. And you are healing us, transforming us, molding us and making us ready for you. God, change our hearts. God, bring us to a place where you are all we desire. You are everything we need. You are our hope and our joy. God, make us ready to meet you, to be presented to you as your bride. God, give us that desire to see you. Let that be the most important thing in our existence. God, remove anything that hinders us from pursuing that moment with all of our hearts, minds, souls, and strength, the moment where we see you face to face, where we can be with you for all of eternity. God, you are our God, and we worship you. God, even now, write your name on our hearts. Put your word inside of us. Lead us, guide us, bring us to that place of humbleness and make us ready, God. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, guys. It's been a blessing being with you. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great week, and I will see you at the picnic. We'll, we'll catch you later. <laughs>